Hey, this is Dylan Neely. We're pumped that you're joining with us today. If you're part of our King's Church family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you via social media at King's Church KC and on our website at kingschurchkc.com, where you can learn more about taking your next step as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with other King's Church family across Kansas City. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you to follow Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Such a blessing to be with you, and so cool to see the video. We, we were leaving Nepal about the time he arrived, the team from here arrived, so we uh, all just, just missed each other. Mary and I spent three weeks there, and it was, uh, it was a blessing to us. You know, we, we went with Sam and Marlene Poe. We were going to go tell stories. Some of those stories are about how to share your faith. When we got there, we found out they were way better at sharing their faith than we are, Loads of people getting saved, you know, and so anyway, it's just it's just very encouraging, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad that we're, this is a thing, you know, we own together, you know, and uh, so anyway, I'm I'm happy. Uh, hate hate that Dylan's not here, but I am thankful for the invitation to be with you because I, Mary and I always enjoy being here and uh, really appreciate what God has done and is doing through you. Uh, I'd assigned an assigned uh, uh, text for the day. This is James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. I'll be reading from the NIV, and I, well, why don't we stand for the reading of the, of the Scriptures? <clears throat> Here's how it reads uh, to me. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anybody happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Well, let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, just as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth... And someone should bring that person back. Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Thank you, Father, for your word. Open it up to us, and we pray, Lord, that we would be, in whatever degree is necessary, transformed as we look at the Scriptures. Yes. By, we, we love your word. We pray, Lord, that by the Spirit you will apply, apply it appropriately to our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You can take a seat. So, line by line, uh, we'll talk this through. He begins by asking this question, is, anybody among, <laughs> is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Have any, have any, anybody, has anybody had any kind of trouble lately? Raise your hand if you've had some sort of trouble. Yeah. James may start with this question because um, in this world you will have trouble. 
Jesus says that in uh, John 16, 33. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. You, you, you want to just confess that? I mean, it wouldn't hurt, would it? I mean, like, in this world, we will have trouble. You can turn to your neighbor and say, in this world, we will have trouble. It's no surprise, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but then this. Jesus says, take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. There are other translations to this, like where it says, have you been in trouble? One translation says, are you hurting? If you're hurting, pray. One says, suffering. Some of you may have, some of you may suffer something in your body that's been bothering you for a long time. Keep praying about it. Are you afflicted? Pray. Facing hardships? You, you know what you should do if you're facing hardships? You should be praying. That's what he says. There are all kinds of trouble. Trouble with the law. Trouble in families. Trouble, trouble in your heart. Trouble in your mind. Some of you might have been in trouble with the law at some point. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. if, if it, <laughs> But, you know, there's all kinds of trouble. So, we just keep praying. We keep praying where there's trouble. After that, he says, is anybody happy? Anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. A very, very long time ago, when I was a, a, a young single guy, somebody told me, he said, your relationship with God will get considerably sweeter when you add songs of thanksgiving and praise to your prayer times. So it's really great to pray. I, I took that to heart. You know, it really is great to pray. You know, our Father who's in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us our daily bread and forgive us. And lead us away from temptation and deliver us from evil. It, but then it's also good to say, oh Lord, and you have delivered me from evil over and over again. You can, you can go back through those things and, and actually recognize that this is a prayer that God has answered on multiple occasions. So, and I just think it's I like to sing these songs of praise, like this one. It goes, this is a, it's a chorus. It goes, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. Oh, isn't that good news? We got salvation, rich salvation, at no cost to us, really. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, I, I got another one. You turned my mourning into dancing again. You lifted my sorrow. I can't stay silent. I must sing for your joy has come. Did you ever hear that one? Yeah. 
You know, you can make up songs if you want to. You can sing when you're alone in the car without worrying about whether or not you're a good singer. And if you have one of those cars with like a retractable roof, when you're at the stop signs waiting for the light to turn, you can even raise your hands. So, but rejoicing, your rejoicing in God, you know, pleases him, even if you can't sing in tune. So we just, we just want to do that. We want this flow. I tell you, I tell you, when, when we praise God, you always get help from the Holy Spirit. Because that, you know, like if you're, if, you're, if you're saying, bless you, Jesus, you know, you, you, you can hardly say that and mean it unless you get help by the Holy Spirit. And when you say it, he will encourage you to say more things like it. So, so what happens is eventually there's this, this joy of being of the Spirit of God and knowing Christ, and, and it, it can flow out of us and should. You know, you remember it says on Pentecost, said they were speaking in all these languages, but you know what they were saying? Say what they, what they heard? We heard them proclaiming the mighty works of God. So there's so much that we can sing about and make up songs about, especially, you can make up songs especially when you're in the car because you won't have to be embarrassed. So, so and then, then he says in verse 14, is any, anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church, to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. So, now here's a question. Does calling the elders have to be the first thing that you do? What do you think? No, no, no I wouldn't think so. If you're married, could you have your spouse pray for you? Yeah. You should, actually, it's a good thing to do, you know. Ask your spouse to pray for you. They might be needing to pray, and they needed a reminder. So you could say, I need your prayers. <laughs> so and you can ask your friends to pray for you. But he does say something here about the elders. So, and, and my wife, Mary, has a story about that. About 15 years ago or so, long, long, long ago, she had this, she was, started having seizures, and her muscles would freeze up. And uh, she couldn't move until it passed. And then after it passed, she was just exhausted. And she had a friend who asked her, have you asked the elders to, to pray for you? And Mary said, everybody's prayed for me. My husband's one of the elders. He prayed for me. And she said, have you asked the elders to pray for you? So Mary did ask the elders to pray for her. And God did heal her, just like it said. Now, we don't, have to, we don't have to follow formulas. But if it says, ask the elders to pray for you, why not? That's what I think, you know. I mean, God can work in a variety of ways. But if he says, hey, this is a good option, you might have it on your list of good options to ask the elders to pray for you. And he says, after that, he, says, he talks about the prayer uh, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up, and if they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. So, the prayer offered in faith, this is an important phrase, the prayer that is offered in faith. It is important that we come to God in confidence that He can do anything He
he wants. Nothing is too difficult from him. And, and that's part of what faith looks like. Faith looks like this. I know my God can do anything. There's nothing he can't do. But it's also important to know that, that we come to God with confidence that he desires our good. I mean, and, and God knows what's good better than we know what's good. So we need to trust that God will, will act in the right way and at the best time for our good and for his glory. And, and honestly, it is possible that there might be some sort of thorn in the flesh that is there just so that God can get glorified when you're so happy that it is removed. Because God, God delights in, in doing these miraculous things in us and for us. So, I, as I was thinking about this, I, I, I thought about some, something I read in an article by Andrew Wilson. And he, he talks about, he, it's called Not If But When, Reflections on Four Different Kinds of Healing. Now, Andrew and his wife Rachel have two children with, with very special needs that have not yet been healed. But I, and I think actually this gives, him, gives them extra cred in talking about healing. So, so let's look at the first of these. The first one is this. It says, God made our bodies to heal themselves. A virus enters my body and my white blood cells are launched into action like a rabid dog hunting down the perpetrator to kill it. He says, I cut my hand and immediately a combination of clotting blood cells and replacement skin cells begin the patch-up job. Now, this is a simple thing, but you know where this comes from? This is one of the ways that God heals. He, he, he makes your body heal. He gives it the capacity to heal. He says, okay, here's the second way. Here's the second way that God heals. A young man who was born deaf is attending a training event with me, and he is immediately healed when someone prays for him in Jesus' name, and he promptly calls his fiancée with his until now deaf ear to the phone and has a very excitable conversation with his fiancée. Now, this is something Andrew saw happen. And this is another wonderful kind of healing. You like that one? Are there any kinds of healings that we don't want? I don't think so. No, these are good. And then, and then here's, the, here's the third one. Andrew says, Every good thing comes from God, and that includes the paramedics who treated me when I was in an automobile wreck and the doctors who gave me the drugs and set my bones back in order. See? So that's healing. And then here's the fourth one. The fourth way that God heals. A trumpet sounds, and the dead <laughs> are raised in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, never to perish again. Physical bodies become incorruptible, spiritual, glorious, powerful. No sickness or affliction will ever befall them again. So we're looking forward to that one, aren't we? Yeah. So, so God is in the healing business, and he heals in a variety of ways, and he always knows what the best time and the best way is for me. So, back to verse 16 of our, our text. He says, because of this, 
Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The first thing I I noticed here is who, who are you supposed to confess your sins to? It was a little bit of a surprise to me. Each other. Yeah. Now, he didn't say don't confess them, you know, don't confess them to God. He didn't say, no, don't do that. Just talk to people. But he does say, talk to people. And I think there's incredible wisdom in this. Um, and, And note here, he says that confessing your sins... Um, helps with your prayer. He says, uh, the prayer, he says, confess your sins and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So there's this kind of connection between confessing to each other and God's healing power. Now, I think this is particularly, this is obviously true. So, for example, if you're an alcoholic, and you confess your sins not just to God, but to your brothers and sisters, it really, really improves your odds of not being an alcoholic. Right? Well, I want to say that same sort of thing extends to other sins, not just addictions, all kinds of sins. Actually, you will find that you have more strength when you don't just confess to Jesus, but to somebody, to some other human who, who will love you and be your helper. God really wants to work through His church to help us break bondage and to get into freedom. And we've got to talk to God, but it also helps to talk to people. And you know, one of the things, churches where people are able to confess their sins become very hospitable churches for people who need forgiveness. There's a lot of people out there who know they've made a mess of things. What they need to know is that there's a place where confession happens regularly and people think it's a good thing. It's not shameful. It's the path to, to, it's the path to right relationships with God and with other people. So, we confess. And those confessions contribute to healing. Then he says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. They never even started my how long I've got to preach thing. It says I still have 35 minutes. I don't believe it. (laughs) The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Then he has this illustration. Elijah was a human being, just like we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it didn't rain on the land for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Now, here's here's something James is wanting to tell us. He wants to say, well, Elijah was was gifted by God. God chose him. God had a purpose for him. Oh, 
By the way, God would also like to say that you are a recipient of his gifts and that he gave those things to you for a purpose. And there is something worthwhile for you to do. You, and you're weak too. He says Elijah had weaknesses, and he did. He got real scared once and took off running because the queen said she wanted to kill him. And, and then he just kind of moped to God about his circumstances. You know, he, like you might have done. <laughs> like I might have done, you know. You ever mope to God about your circumstances? You know, this is not right. Here I was doing what you told me to, and now I've just got people mad at me. Well, he says, you know, that should help you just to continue to pray because, because there's going to be some sort of breakthrough on the other side of this. And then we're getting close to the end, and, and, uh, and you may be so happy that this is a short sermon. But he says in, in, in 19 and 20, he says, listen to this. My brothers and sisters, and you notice, notice all, the, all the time, you know, that the, the, the writers of the Bible are using these familiar terms, you know. We're, we're, not, we're not just, you know, this is not like the preacher and the congregation, This is like brothers and sisters talking to each other. And he says, if anybody wanders from the truth and someone brings that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Now, this is pretty, this is pretty rich. You know, we, we said, we said, okay, we are supposed to confess. And then we make it easy for other people to confess. And then we help one another get back on track, right? Is that what we do? Listen, if you don't confess, nobody's going to help you get back on track. But if we confess to one another, we'll help each other get back on track. And I just, I just thought, I mean, I got to say, this is true of me. I've been, in, I've been in spots where I am not thinking right. And, and it's really helpful to have somebody who'll call you back. I mean, actually, probably the person who's had the most opportunities to do that for me, it would be my wife. You know, she, I mean, I can throw fits in front of her. I wouldn't throw in front of anybody else. And she can preach the gospel to me and remind me, oh, Tim, this is like, this is what God has for you. So we can help each other in our households and with our kids and with one another in the church. And there's, it takes kind of all the shame out of like occasional mess-ups because, because we're here for one another and it's our desire to see each other restored. And I, I thought, some of you may have had this opportunity to, to bring somebody back, somebody who was like on the edge and you went after them and you wondered like, what, where's so-and-so been? And you go and you talk to them and say, yeah, well, I kind of got in a mess and I was ashamed to come to church. I mean, those kind of things happen. And, and I want to see them happen more and more. I want to be one of those people who goes and finds lost sheep and says, hey, you're, you're missed and you're loved. So, I mean, and, and this, is, this is profound where he says, 
I mean, listen, if you have brought somebody back, what does he say you did? You saved them from death. This is more than just like you saved them from a life of trouble. You saved them from a life of trouble that ends in death with the capital D. So that's today's passage. And I want to pray that God, all that God offers to us here will be ours right here, King's Church. And so I want to pray for that. I want to pray. And, and maybe, can, I, can you stand while I pray? Then if maybe, you, I don't know when we're supposed to stand and sit, but I'm sure the Lord will lead, okay? So, so Father, we're so, so thankful. So, so thankful that you, Lord, have turned our mourning into dancing. And we're thankful, Lord, that you have invited us over and over again to bring our troubles and trials to you and to pour out our hearts to you. And we see the examples in the Psalms where David again and again complains and then says, yeah, but your mercy's new every morning and your faithfulness is great. And, and, and so, Lord, we, we see there that this is a pattern that, that you do not despise where we come with our mess and present our mess before you and confess our mess before you. And then, Lord, you fill us up with joy in your presence. And Lord, we want to live there, want to live there, want to be praying these things for ourselves, and we want to be praying for those who really need somebody to go find them and bring them back. And we pray, Lord, you'll point us, you'll put specific people in our hearts so that we can reach out on your behalf and say, oh, come, friends, be reconciled to your God. And we thank you, Lord, that's, hoping, that's happening, but, but oh, Father, we want it to happen more and more and more. This is our desire. And this is, this is what we're asking for, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.